I don't think they really thought is through if someone were to get pregnant because I chose to go with someone who was able to speak English because I didn't speak Chinese. And so they were pretty expensive. I think I racked up a total of about $25,000. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends, that was holistic money coach Sarah Lee Kane of the blog High Fiving Dollars and the podcast Beyond the Dollar, taking a stroll down memory lane to a financial experience she'd probably rather forget, but she got through it. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join us here at Financial Grown Up. We keep the shows on the short side so you can squeeze it into your busy day. But if you have more time or are commuting, they are also meant to be listened to a few at a time. So when you subscribe, make sure the settings are at auto download and you will get three episodes each week. Back to Sarah. Her story is truly a financial grown up one because it begins with the birth of her first child, which is a big life transition in and of itself without all the financial responsibility that comes with it. And she had to deal with a lot of money headaches. Here is Sarah Lee Kane. Sarah Lee Kane, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. And I am a huge fan of yours ever since we met a couple years ago, actually at FinCon, which is a conference for content creators. Because you are behind High Fiving Dollar and now the new Beyond the Dollar podcast. So congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much. You are a holistic money coach. You also, as I mentioned, are a financial writer. And you are also someone who has worked all over the world, which brings us to the money story that you brought with you to share because it has to do with the time that you spent in China and something momentous that happened while you were there. Tell us. <laughs> Yeah. So I actually spent a total about eight years in China. So before I was a writer and a money coach, I was a elementary school teacher at a bunch of different international schools. So my very last job, uh, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant. The interesting thing was in my contract, the employer actually didn't pay for healthcare. And so it's the employer legally has to provide you with healthcare. And so instead of actually giving us health insurance, he had a little clause at the bottom of the contract that basically said, we will reimburse 100% of any healthcare costs that you incur. That sounds really good. Yes, it does. Except if you don't have the money up front and pay for that, then um, it ah. makes it very difficult. And so for some of my coworkers- So you have to front the money. Yes. And so for some of my coworkers, it was very difficult for them. Um, number one, the ones who have children, they had to cover all their healthcare costs. And number two, I remember one of my coworkers had, it wasn't major surgery, but it was fairly big. She actually ended up having to borrow money to cover that until the employer was willing to basically reimburse it. So wait, was it a situation where you would have to pay out of pocket and then basically fight to get reimbursed? Yes, exactly. And so as long as you had the receipt, in theory, they they were going to pay you back. And so I don't think they really thought it through if someone were to get pregnant because 
Um, healthcare is fairly cheap in China, but I chose to go with someone who was able to speak English because I didn't speak Chinese, and so they were pretty expensive. And so I think I racked up a total of about twenty five thousand dollars. American, including the birth, including the prenatal and postnatal care. So you had to forward that money. You had to pay that, and then try to get reimbursed. Yeah, and so so one thing I did try to do was as the receipts came in. So every month when I when I had my prenatal appointments, I would just then forward the receipts to my、um, the owner of the school, and then the principal and I sat down and I said, "Listen, you know this is going to get really expensive. I'm going to forward the boss or the owner a." Big, big bill, probably at least ten grand. After all of my prenatal appointments, he's gonna have to be very careful because he's gonna make sure. I'm like, he's gonna have to have that money and give it to me. And the principal and I actually worked together and figure out a way to approach the owner and how we were. She was gonna help me get that. The principal was gonna help me get that money back. Was the school just almost an independent school that did not have big financial resources? Was that part of the issue? Why you were worried they wouldn't have the money? Part of it was the owner was new, and so I think he took taken over that school maybe for about a year. And number two, he he's been, and this is like anecdotal evidence. I, I haven't directly heard him say this, but he's always mentioned about trying to pay as little as possible for the foreign staff, as he called us. And so I kind of knew that. If I slapped him with this like twenty five thousand dollar bill,、um, that that he'd probably be pretty shocked and and would try to find a way out of it. So what happened? I actually added up,、uh, predicted all the costs for the birth and everything like that, and I forwarded it to my principal. And so then again, the principal and I sat down and we basically said, okay, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case? Where can we meet in the middle with him? And so we kind of came up with different ways to negotiate with him. But, you know, best case was like he gives all that money back to me in one go. The second best was if he paid in installments, and the worst case, he refused. But I also said, "Hey, listen, I'm a great employee, and I actually calculated how many students that I brought into the school. So it it kind of proved to him that, like, hey, I'm helping you make money. So therefore, this you know little twenty five thousand dollar expense wasn't that expensive in the grand scheme of things. And so what happened then was my principal then forwarded all of this information to the the owner of the school, and he actually agreed and was like, okay, I will." Pay all this back. I'll reimburse you as soon as you provide all the bills. And did they? Yeah. So they they did try to fight us a little bit after my son was born. My husband was one to submit all the bills, and so then they negotiated with him and said, "Well, we can't pay all this all at once. Is there some way we can we can just pay you back in increments?" And so they did. I think pay us the money back in about like five installments, but we did end up getting all the money back. Okay, that's great. But you use this to actually make broader changes. Yeah. So the funny thing was, I had no idea that my principal was trying to fight for everyone to get free health insurance. Again, the owner of the school had to legally provide this, and so she actually ended up using the large medical bill to say to the owner, "Was like, hey, listen, what if another one of your employees gets pregnant? That's like a huge cost." And then she actually presented him with different health insurance options in China and how it ended up being cheaper. And so because of what happened with me. The entire staff actually got free health insurance afterwards. Wow! So, how did you feel during this time? I mean, you're pregnant and you're having to fight for all this stuff. What were your coworkers saying? It was really interesting. The, my coworkers didn't necessarily directly ask me 
about the money side of things because I think in their minds they're like, oh man, Sarah's really going to have to fight for this money because the owner is such a cheapskate, as they called him. I was really thankful because, so my husband and I worked together and so he really advocated for me when I couldn't, like when I was when I was out on maternity leave and when I was just too tired to really say anything. And so he would push me like, no, listen, Sarah, you have to fight this. Or he would go in himself and then talk to the principal, which I found it later that he did <laughs> and and say like, here, how can we negotiate all of this? And so if it wasn't for his support, I probably wouldn't be able to keep pursuing the money. So what is the lesson for our listeners? The lesson is number one, read your contract. And number two, stand your ground. If it says in your contract that you're supposed to get something, then fight for it because it's written down. It's not a you know verbal contract. It's a written contract. So definitely pursue it and get as much support as you need in order to pursue it. Looking back, is there anything you would have done differently yourself? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and Sarah, that brings us to your everyday money tip, which also kind of has to do with your health and wellness. Yeah. So one of the things I really strive to do is that whenever my husband and I are renting a new place or when we're looking for a new apartment, we always make sure that kind of amenities there are. So we're always looking for somewhere with a gym, how easy it is to walk from, let's say, the supermarket or to my son's preschool, if there's a swimming pool and, and just anything else that where we don't have to spend extra money. For example, an apartment that we just rented is actually a five minute walk to my son's preschool. It's a few minutes walk to a couple of supermarkets. It's actually closer to my husband's work. It's got a gym. It's got a swimming pool. It's got a playground for my son. And so we're effectively saving thousands of dollars a year because now that I can walk with my son to preschool, I don't need a second car. I can just walk again to the supermarket when I need to. I'm saving money on membership fees, things like that. Awesome. All right, Sarah, tell us more about what you're up to. I know you have started season two of your podcast. Yeah. So Beyond the Dollar, I co-host it with another money coach, Garrett Philbin. And so we're just having a lot of fun. We discuss a lot of issues that go literally beyond the dollar, <laughs> just not practical finance tips, but more the deeper how money really affects your well-being. You can also find me at High Fiving Dollars. I talk a lot about my personal life there. If you have any questions, I love answering reader questions there as well. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I love that Sarah and her husband paid it forward, fighting for everyone else to have real health insurance, even after they had won their own battle. Financial grown-up tip number one, whenever you know you're going to need to be reimbursed, as was the case with Sarah and her husband, document everything and make sure you have backups, including electronic backups. I happen to use Evernote and Dropbox for storage, and I use an app called JotNot as a mobile scanner. And from that app, I can upload to the Evernote and or Dropbox accounts and make sure you follow up on getting reimbursed and on bills. Sometimes the way that the healthcare system is set up may not be as well run as you would necessarily expect. If you want to learn more about the dangers of what can happen if you're not on top of these things, check out my interview with Chris Browning of the Popcorn Finance Podcast. Just go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash podcast forward slash Chris Browning. Financial grown-up tip number two. Let's talk about lifestyle amenities because I know Sarah's a big fan of them. So she makes this a priority. There's an upside and there's a downside. 
If you have amenities built into your rent or your home costs, you don't have to worry that if money gets tight or you just have a lot of expenses coming up or you're feeling uneasy about your financial situation, you're not going to feel pressure to say, take a break from the gym. On the other hand, they do add to your overhead in most cases. And if you're not going to use certain amenities, you need to factor that in and be honest with yourself. So for example, just about all of us can at least make the argument that we can make good use of a gym. We might blow it off in reality, but we can at least make the case. So that might be worth paying for when you're looking for a new residence, especially if it's in a community or an apartment building that has a really nice one. But if you don't have young kids, something like a playground does not add value to your life. Those are pretty mainstream amenities, but some buildings can even have quirky amenities that sound so cool, like wine cellars, relaxation lounges, climbing walls, hydrotherapy circuits, bowling alleys, pet spas, and of course, dog training studios, something we all look for. They are designed to wow buyers and renters, but just because something looks super cool when you're checking out the residence doesn't mean it's something that you're going to actually use. If they deliver value for you, that's great, but some are just gimmicky and can up the prices. And by the way, if you want to read about some of the crazy things happening in the amenities business, I'm going to leave a few fun articles about hot new amenities in the show notes for you guys. If you have not already hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And remember, the episodes are short, about 15 minutes. So if you want to listen for longer, there are three new episodes every week. So you can easily binge on a bunch if you have a long commute or you're just running errands and you want a little more content. Be in touch. I am on Twitter at Bobby Rebel, on Instagram at Bobby Rebel One, and on Facebook at Bobby Rebel. And of course, DM me your feedback on the podcast. Thanks to Sarah Lee Kane and her growing family for helping us get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.